Okay, I'm one of those sort of fools that browses the internet and um, read, reads a lot, I guess, on it. And one of the common things you'll read about, one, is uh, there's a lot of advertising done these days by shoe manufacturers. And one of the you know key, key things they advertise is Goodyear welted. I'm like, oh, okay, right. wow, that sounds that sounds great. But then, you know, so many people say that it's like, hmm, really? It is okay. So everyone's saying that. Okay, maybe maybe so many people are saying it, that's like a, a really good thing. But um, I guess that that was maybe a couple of years ago. I don't know if necessarily uh, shoe manufacturers do that now, but certainly that I think that was the case when I went a couple of years ago. And so um, with, with that, I guess there's always been a lot of chatter. And it's like, well, Goodyear welted is is actually, you know, very so so. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of like the the actual, um, maybe, uh, uh, it's like maybe, maybe bare minimum. I'm not sure if that's that's the right mm-hmm. thinking, but but at least that's what it came off as. Goodyear welted is kind of bare minimum. It, it's like that. Uh, it's nothing special. It's kind of just marketing. So um, I guess uh, from your opinion, well, maybe you can go back a step. Maybe you could explain what welting is, and maybe what Goodyear welting is, and maybe the what it, what's function is, and what um, I guess the, the different types of welting are. Would that mm-hmm. be all right? Well, yeah, there. Are, well, I mean, there's one basic one. I mean, I mean, Goodyear came from actual person who developed the process and the machinery to attach this extra piece of leather to the bottom of the of an insole when you're making shoes uh, prior to, uh, you know, having just, you know, paste and uh, pegging of uh, bottoms and tack- nails and so on and so forth. So uh, the, uh, I don't, I'm sure you must, might've been uh, related to the Goodyear family, but uh, so the process of actually attaching a, a separate um, piece of rib to hold this leather welting that goes around the border of the shoe uh, that it, you attach this welt, as I said, all the way around. You, uh, some people use what's called a 360 welt, which goes uh, edge to edge all the way around. And then there's what they call a three-quarter or breast to breast. Breast is the very front of the heel going towards the toe that's what's that's referring to so the two types are you know fairly common in uh, shoe construction or at least it was once upon a time a lot of people are going towards a um, some people prefer what's uh, called little way um, construction which is generally a, a a stuck on sole, but then it's sewn all the way through to the inside of the insole rather than a, an extending rib out on the feather edge of the shoe. So um, Goodyear welting was, and probably still is to many people, kind of the standard bearer of shoemaking and shoe construction. Some people love it. Some people like it. Some people don't really give two hoots, probably. Uh, They'll wear anything that looks good and fits well on their feet. So uh, I would say that there's a lot of that Goodyear welting done in uh, British shoes, 
factories because that's was kind of as I said their standard bearer for many many years and still is to a large degree. Uh, the Italians tend to do a little bit of each, some Goodyear, some what's called Goodyear Flex now, which is a little bit of a different process, but sort of gives you the same concept and construction idea. And um, as I said, and then there's just the, the, the little way attaching. So, and then there's just regular stuck on shoes, regular just, good old adhesive, put all the components together as one unit, attach it to the top of the shoe with a heat process, and boom, it's done. So that's probably, I would maybe guess, 92% of the construction around the world because you don't need as much machinery and it's much more economical. So there's a little bit of this and a little bit of that, as best I can describe it. So I hope I didn't wander too far off the beaten yeah. path yeah. for you. I don't, think, I don't think you did. In fact, I, I have more questions about it. So so don't don't worry. <laughs> okay. But but I guess some is so to summarize. There's, I guess the the most basic was is just gluing the bottom part of the shoe on to the to the rest, and then there's what you were saying. You can stitch it and it's either completely stitched 360 degrees around the shoe or just the the portion above the of the, the heels Did correct I, and so um okay i think i got all that I, where does um oh i guess some people throw in blake stitching construction blake, blake little way it's the, the oh, okay. little way again is goes back to the um the, the type of machinery that's used for the construction of, of um, Little Way, so it's it, it's still it's a machine process to to in large part, and um, okay. you, you know, the, the the two terms are kind of Synonymous. thrown about. Okay, so so they're actually got it. Okay, and so there's that, and then there's um, I guess the other two that I've heard about are like I I don't know. I, I'm going to butcher it, but it's like Norwegian or, you know, that the one that's like Norwegian. Yeah. That's, that's where they, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's one, one of them. What's the other one you were were going to ask about? And the other one, I guess was just hand, hand, hand welted, hand stitch. Hand welting. Correct. Okay. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so where do these, um, other two come in or, or or what exactly is the difference or, or, you know, different, function or capability of, of these other two so uh norway jay-z is is done um it's it's kind of archaic to describe it it's easier to <laughs> tell somebody to pull up a video and 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 look well, at it yeah. uh i'll probably put some links but it, I guess. it there there are some things out there that shows norway jay-z it, it's it's actually turning the part of the uh upper of the shoe, uh, instead of turning it under, it's it's turned out a little bit, and then the the insole is um, the insole is stitched through the upper, and it's a, a cross stitch. Um, it's, sometimes it's a three needle stitch. Uh, there are machines that actually do this now. Um, years ago, and probably still some people do it by hand. 
but it, uh, it it actually, as I said, and rather rather than turning the leather underneath on the lath, it turns it out. Would that be ninety degrees? I guess uh, from what's called the feather edge, and then the, the various parts are, are sewn together, and then there's then there's another stitching process done to attach the outsoles. That's the best I can describe it. It makes actually a, a kind of a nice shoe. It's very strong, obviously, and it was, I think, although don't quote me on this, but I'm sure somebody will and <laughs> mess me up on <laughs> on some social media page and trash me somewhere. But um, in large part, it was done as part of the kind of, I would say moccasin uh, hiking style boots for trekking in um, lots of cold weather and things of that nature. And it just created this very beefy um, bottom of a shoe, very sturdy and um, very secure. So that's what I can tell you about Norwegian, which isn't much, but Okay, but that's, no, that's right. funny. Coming from you, it gives it authority. So, <laughs> well, fine. I don't know about that. But <laughs> I'll take it where I can get it. Right? <laughs> yeah, and so, and then hand welting, which I guess you know, the the initial sense is well, it sounds like it's done by hand, and, and therefore it's like the you know the most artistic and and best and whatnot. But I mean, what what. Uh, I don't know what, what what are your thoughts or what can you say about hand welted shoes? Well, hand welted shoes is pretty much the provenance of of the bespoke maker. There are just it's just kind of that tradition that's been carried through for uh, quite a while. So consequently, it's just the nature of how they do it. So basically, rather than putting a rib and an extra piece of welting on the insole, they basically, with knives and other tools, create a um, create a ledge, or a, so to speak, or a ribbing right on the insole uh, out of the uh, out of the, the leather bottom, and basically um, do some tapering and some other little things, and do the sewing directly to the insole. And one, it gives it um, obviously strength, uh, flexibility, and um, they're usually using a very a pretty beefy uh, linen thread that's usually waxed or pitched or some of each. It's a bit of a process to uh, explain if you haven't ever seen it or experienced it, but it also uh, by virtue of the kind of leathers that they use doing this, it makes a very light shoe, uh, very strong, uh, and um, as I said, it's it's pretty much the providence of the of the bespoke makers these days. Now the 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 Goodyear Flex that a lot of the Italian factories are starting to use. What they did was they found a way that they can actually uh, through uh, a piece of um, machinery that has a very specific operation that you can actually lay the insole onto this machine and it will move around or a blade will move around and or 
I'm trying to remember. The, I guess the insole actually gets rotated uh, all the way around, and they literally will cut a rib from sort of the, I wouldn't say necessarily the center of the insole, but sort of towards the feather edge of the insole, and it's cut towards the actual edge of the insole. So so when you when you wet this and you bend it up, it creates its own rib. So you can now actually sew, again, with another special piece of machinery, can actually sew the welt right onto this rib and make it just as strong, if not stronger, than a hand-sewn welt and have all the flexibility and everything else you'd want. That's that's the sort of, I guess you could say, the, the high-tech, if it's not, it's not really high-tech, but it's it's the newest iteration of Goodyear welting. Interesting. Oh, okay. So, uh, you know, for, to be honest, I'll have to like re-listen to everything you just said to, I think, really wrap my head around everything and maybe get some diagrams mm-hmm. off the internet. But, but I guess, I mean, for maybe like the layperson, which I would consider myself pretty, you know, uneducated shoe person, uh, and for any other listeners who, you know, maybe didn't quite understand um, I guess the whole technical explanation. I mean, what would I could guess maybe um, you could, could you just over the, the past few things you've said, the, the hand well to chew, the, uh, you're going to have to pronounce that one again. That one of is with an N Goodyear, Goodyear um, flex. And the, I forgot what term you use, but it was the Blake one. I mean, could you maybe just go Blake, little way? Yeah. Little way yeah. Blake. Right. Um, maybe with like the strengths, or the ben- like the main benefit of that version is just to get, give people an idea of, you know, I don't know, just well, like quick takeaway. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, welted shoes, as I said, they're always very, very strong. Uh, they last a long time, provided that you maintain them pretty much like any shoe. Uh, a Norwood Jay-Z uh, construction, again, you know, very strong, very sturdy. Uh, usually, as I said, there's sometimes a double sole on them. Uh, so they tend to be uh, a little uh, difficult to break in, but they will wear like iron. And then uh, the Blake slash Little Way construction, um, much cheaper to produce uh, on a factory setting and uh, more flexible, typically. Longevity, you know, you probably are not going to get the longevity of uh, Blake construction the way you are a Goodyear welt, but that's just the nature of the beast. So um, I wouldn't say there's a little bit of everything out there. And then there's obviously as the, the last one is just some adhesive construction. So uh, where everything's just, you know, spray a layer of adhesive on the, on the upper spray a layer of adhesive on, on the finished bottom. It's all, like one big component that makes it look like they're separate components to it. Some components are, are uh, some components are separate, some aren't, but as I said, they do such a good job with it. That's why it's a relatively inexpensive process. You know, spray, spray the upper, spray the bottoms, um, let the adhesive set up. Then usually what they do is they activate the adhesive in, a, in an activator, a heat activation system. And then they put them in a press, boom, it's done. It goes down the line and gets 
doesn't have much else you have to do to it. Just kind of you know clean and condition the uppers, polish them, put them in a box, and ship them out. So, so those are, I guess, what would that be? I don't know, four or five basic types of construction that most people would probably be buying in today's shoe market. Mm-hmm. And and I guess. Hey, sorry, the thought just occurred to me. Otherwise, I would have asked you earlier. But coming from the um, repair, shoe repair side of things, uh, mm-hmm. are they all roughly the same to repair, or, or are some like you can't really repair this type um, or whatnot? Um, well, cemented construction shoes tend to be pro- more problematic simply because a lot of the components, like the bottom components, the heels, the soles, they're all one solid piece to make it look like they're separate components. You know, makes it look like a, a normally constructed shoe, but a lot of times, as I said, that component is a solid piece of rubber and it's got leather inlaid in it to make it look like there's a leather stacked heel on it or a leather sole or whatever. So there's a lot of, um, I don't know what you would call it, bait and switch sort of thing if you want to, you know, cut it down to that. Mm-hmm moniker um and um so that's um i don't know where we were going with this question i can't with the repair with the repair oh the repair is part of it uh -hmm. yeah the 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 cemented construction is is a problem and also for longevity because it, it eventually as you flex your foot these adhesives will start to break loose and as your foot heats up inside the shoe it can activate the adhesives and etc cetera, etc cetera. so uh norwood jay uh can be a little problematic if you don't know what you're doing uh the the blake little way stitch uh, down process is you know they're okay to to, to repair I wouldn't say it's uh, a match made in heaven when it comes to the repair service, but it it depends on the quality of the materials that are used and um, the type of insole material because so many of the insoles in those kinds of Blake shoes, a lot of times they're just like a fiberboard, not really leather. Uh, They kind of look like leather, but they're not, so they, they tend to shred a little bit and be a little problematic from a repair side. I mean, a good Goodyear welt is, you know, that's not been abused or mucked up anywhere along the line is really nice to repair, uh, to take apart and put back together. It's a little fussy if you're doing it properly. Like right now, I'm uh, reconditioning a pair of uh, Edward Green shoes for a customer and, um, I think a couple of weeks ago, I have a guy who's, uh, and you know, the, the, the repair goes pretty well. It's, um, as I said, to take apart, put that together, put the proper soles on everything else and, and restitch them. Everything goes pretty smoothly. Uh, Blake little way construction can, as I said, can be a little problematic. I had a, uh, I have or have a, a customer that I do. He's got these. He's in love with these Gucci uh, horse bit loafers that I guess Gucci sort of dis- discontinued a while back. But he sends me piles of them all the time. Just and and they're all the same shoe. They're all black. They're all the same horse bit. They're all got all the same 
Um, now you're starting to wonder if they're all his or he's got like extended family that uses you. <laughs> no, they're, they're, you can tell by the wear patterns in them that they're all his. But anyway, so so those kinds of things. But you, you know, you, if you could, if you know what you're doing and you take it apart properly, you can put it back together properly. They're a little fussy, but you know, you just have to be aware that uh, people like these things and hang on to these things because they just find them to be so to speak the bee's knees um or the shoes to choose uh, <laughs> and uh consequently it's you you got to put them back together in in the same fashion that they were manufactured so that's what we do and that side of it so there's there's you know there's good and bad in everything as i said so there's there's no um you know and and people just generally ha- don't have I wouldn't say generally, it's it's too much of a broad brushstroke, but there's just a lot of people who just don't know or don't care to take care of their shoes properly. And, um, you know, sometimes you get them and they're, you know, they're on life support. So it's, um, it's never an easy call just to say, well, this is this going to be this way, this is going to be this way. So I, I, in in general, I I think most people who do any kind of recrafting of footwear will probably have a certain hierarchy similar to what I described as to what they like or prefer to uh, work on and, and really recondition and rebuild them and craft whatever term you want to use. So that's that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Fair, fair, no fair. That's fair enough. I think that was um, that was helpful, and I'm glad. I got to get your uh, expert opinion. Opinion. I'll, I'll stress that just in case anyone wants to say anything bad uh, or disagree. It was, you know, your opinion. I, I'm, I'm glad to get that because, to be honest, this is like one of those things that people will talk about on the internet and go countless and countless conversations about mm-hmm. about it. And I mean, I don't know. To, to me, it, I, I never really bothered, and I just, well, I don't know. It, they structure. I mean, functionally, they all seem similar. I mean, yes, there's differences. And then I don't know. They kind of do the same yeah. stuff, and I haven't really noticed any difference. But then again, I'm I don't know. I'm, I'm thick-headed. I, I yeah. it tends to be difficult for me to notice things. So, um, right. Just curious. But um, uh, I guess talking about these factories. I mean, I, I don't know if in previous conversations we we touched a bit on it, but I think at um and, and maybe it was just in your conversations with with me. I guess you've hinted that you've worked with factories or have worked with factories or consulting mm-hmm. with folks who yep. work with shoe yep. factories and, and all yep. that. Um, and we, we talked all kind of about your, like, you know, kind of one man band or one man shop operation and, and all that. But I'm, I'm kind of curious how, how much you've dabbled with factories and um, I don't know. I, I'm not sure if there's any particular question, but maybe you just, want to talk about it <laughs> oh um yeah I, the, the thing I, I've, I've done over many years is uh, you know try to partner with some people that i think make decent footwear a lot of the uh, issue for people overseas is the trepidation of doing business in uh, the u.s and i would say somewhat the competitive nature but uh it's so expensive now to 
run factories in uh, the European Union, um, you know, wage structures, employee benefits, uh, different things that the government requires. So it's a rather daunting process. Um, I, I would say that most of the factories that I've done consulting with and had conversations with about product for the U.S. Uh, eventually winds up kind of running a dead end be simply because of the costs of doing business out of their home turf. So, and I understand that. I, I And especially the fact that, not that we have an open door policy with uh, imports from the Far East, but that market is kind of really killing the better shoe market here in the States when you can manufacture shoes at such ungodly numbers of pairs per week or even per day and, uh, you know, get some really good looks out of them. And, you know, even doing some Goodyear construction, Goodyear welting shoes and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So consequently, I would say that um, the prospects of of having some new players enter the market is it's difficult unless you, I guess, can really go upscale all the way. Uh, something like uh, the Bontoni family did with their product, but you know that comes at a premium price. So if you're you're trying to do something in that in that mid tier range, you know there's it's not that there isn't a market there, but it's just, you know, when you start adding in your costs and your travel and your this and your that and everything else, import duties, it, it's tough. It's, as I said, imports, cheap imports are, um, uh, well, it's pretty much, not pretty much, it's killed the shoe industry in the United States, just like many other industries. So uh, I would say that uh, the the outlook for or some good domestic, uh, good foreign makers over here. It, it's not really, uh, I would see, on the horizon anytime in the near future, unless things really change dramatically and whatnot. That's why you, you know, when people travel and they go to France or to the UK or to Italy and they see product over there that uh, you you never see here in the United States. And it's well made. It's well styled. It's good quality materials. But you know, you you buy it there, and you know, if something happens to it. <laughs> you know, when you get it back here, then then you're kind of you know stuck trying to find somebody who can handle the, those kinds of things. So, so I'm sorry I've got a little long winded about that, no. but it it's just I think the nature of, of what's happening. I think people would love the idea of of having some kind of conduit into the United States. It's just that when they start looking at all the dollars and cents or the the, the euros or the pounds, uh, it, it just starts to really get a little daunting and um, it starts to look like, well, you know, can't really justify the, the number of man hours that would go into doing something like that. And uh, so I, I think there's, you know, there's probably an argument on both sides of the aisle for that thing, but um, as I said, we just don't have access to some of the better products. And some of the designer 
makes that everybody gravitates towards and we all know the names and the labels and this and that and everything else they're, you know they're not they're not made better than you know other other makers believe me it's not uh, you're really kind of buying a name when it comes down to it so uh, it's it's a shame that we don't have uh, a little more diversity in our market but it just kind of seems to be what's what's occurred uh, as far as the globalization of products Mm-hmm. Well, to, to be honest, in, in your, um, I guess, um, spiel, uh, I, I thought you were actually headed, I mean, well, at one point in your conversation, I was thinking, huh, are, are you referring to the fact that American tastes are, um, it, it, well, a number of factors in the U.S., but um, the average consumer uh, has access to a lot cheaper products and the, the general culture of American dressing or what have you kind of mm, doesn't really benefit uh, like uh, um, kind of a mid-tier, more expensive um, shoe when they, when uh, I don't know, for Americans it seems qu- quantity over um, mm-hmm. most things and, and the, the cheap products you can get, like you mentioned from um, Asia. I mean, it kind of like almost seemed like you were in my head headed towards the culture in America is different. And, and yes, the prices are a factor, but it, there's that different culture, which makes it different. Is, is something maybe Europeans um, aren't as, uh, I don't know, aware of when trying to get into the market? I, I, I don't know. Was that just in my head that I, I was creating that? No, nah, uh, maybe not. Logic? Maybe, maybe there. Maybe there's some part of that, but I would uh, generally say um, that, you know, Europeans don't, well, for the most part, Europeans, at least from what I've observed for all the number of years I've been traveling back and forth to different corners of of Europe, they don't seem to have as much as we do in the way of personal goods, uh, you know, maybe numbers of shoes, suits, shirts, ties, whatever it is. But what they have, they tend to to, to buy as as good or or better quality than what you know might be in our traditional types of haberdasheries here in the states. So they're thinking about longevity. Where I think America, because our shores are flooded with so much stuff. I mean, it just it goes on almost ad nauseum at some point. So you know, somebody's going to get a pair of shoes. A guy who's, you know, and I'm not, it's, it's, it's not like a, a knock on it. You know, some somebody who's just out of, you know, a four, four-year degree university and going into a job, they may not have a lot of money. So if they're spending $90 or getting a pair of shoes to get going with, you know, that's, you know, that's what they do. But, you know, when we start having all these lifestyle issues, and as I said, there's so much stuff here that people can buy, whether it's, uh, you know, trainers and walking boots, hiking boots, uh, uh, weightlifting shoes, uh, you know, on and on and on and on. <laughs> you, can, you know, it's, it starts to, <laughs> to have these multipliers that, uh, you know, we have a shoe or a, for for every activity we have a, you know, a pair of trousers or um, uh, athleisure wear for every kind of uh workout or a yoga practice or something like that. So I, I think, and because we're 
such a consumer-based economy, uh, you know, we just, you know, as long as people are making it somewhere in the world and then giving it, bringing it in at a good price, you know, pretty sure we're going to buy it. You know, yeah. whether we buy it full price, uh, wait till it goes on uh, sale, or wait till it goes into a discount market. So, it's um, it, it, we just we just have a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, you know, I think what you just said uh, rings true because I, I know I have family overseas, and I mean, of course, our our salaries and, and whatnot are, are maybe different. Well, actually, no, they they I think um, um, are about the same level, and, and certainly our our house is just filled with junk that we never use, or we maybe we use it once or twice, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and that that's never the case with our our relatives. Like everything they have, they like use constantly, and. You know, it's like the same thing they use over and over. Whereas for us, oh, we just use it once and never use it again, or, or whatnot. So no, I, I think a ring is completely true. Um, that we we just like to have all these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and to us, maybe that's the the fun part, and and actually like using mm. the products and whatnot is uh well, some at some point or another we'll get around to that. So I don't know. I, I think um I, I think that's an interesting interesting take. Um, and. and uh, I guess one one thing I, I was kind of curious about because I I know you, well you you brought it up um, well in your shop there 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 hangs that uh, Jay Peterman poster which I, I'm, I'm oh, kind of yeah. curious like I don't know uh, how did how did that co- oh, collaboration oh it's a long like, story oh mama mia well well that's perfect maybe that, maybe that's perfect cliffhanger for the for the next um, episode because you know I, I'd love to get like a, a story woven here here and there you know i, I love the, i love your technical um talk and i'm sure some folks are gonna enjoy that but you know so, sometimes i'm you know, yeah, it's but like it's pretty pretty damn boring well well no but i mean i, I want to get a mix of things so so maybe next time on on the next episode we can we can talk about that story because i'm, I'm kind of curious that's like uh i don't know <laughs> i don't know how that um happened so i guess i would just like to know but we, we can save that for next time don't don't sweat it. Uh, it's it's yeah. It, it's 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 pretty long, somewhat convoluted. Has has to do with the movie Titanic. Perfect. And, um, yeah. yeah. So yeah. okay. It, so lots yeah. of twists and turns. It's all there. Love it. Love it. Okay. Cool. We'll we'll save that for next time. Deep, it's a deep dive, as they say, as awesome. James Cameron said. <laughs> all right. <laughs> oh, um, I guess. Uh, let's see. Um, I did have eh, okay. Well, one thing I guess. I mean, this isn't really a common question, um, but I. I mean, when when you talked about you know starting out and and um, you know you graduate your university and maybe you have an interview you have to go to and for the first time in your life you have to wear nice leather shoes and and whatnot. I I remember that actually very distinctly and I got got went went to the like. Sears or whatnot, and and mm-hmm. uh, my grandmother bought me like this twenty dollar. I, I don't. I don't even. I mean, it's like plastic, but I mean, it looked the part, so that was fine. For sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah. and I, I think I literally never wore them again because it's just like, man, they're 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 terrible. They're ugly, and I don't like them. But I guess you know they kind of feel like sneakers, even though <laughs> they're supposed to be um, dress shoes. But I, I I'm, I'm rambling here, but um, you know I. I don't know if that's the case anymore because there's so many makers with uh, lower prices. But I, I, I remember when I first started um, uh, working, it, you know, I, and I would still mm-hmm. I, back even back then I would read a lot um, on the internet. But boy, 
secondhand clothes was a huge thing. It was like it was like the one way to get nice clothes uh, for you know without really paying those prices. And it maybe it's still a thing to be honest. I'm not sure, but I get the feeling now there's a lot of cheaper um, options that there were years ago. So maybe not so much anymore. But um, certainly back then it was it was a huge deal. Like that's how you could get all your like super nice um, top tier. Uh, fashion items for for cheap but in in for shoes in particular you know w one comment but even back then stuck out to me which is oh you should never buy secondhand shoes because one it's like the the other person's um foot i mean maybe this sounds disgusting already to some people and they would never think to buy secondhand shoes but i mean mm -hmm. i don't know for, for some people like me i i mean i'm used to buying secondhand stuff so it it didn't occur to me but um you know people your the a previous owner's foot is going to be know creating a particular i guess like a mold or, or groove in that footbed um one and and so it, it doesn't it, it's not really con con going to conform to your foot and it's going to be uncomfortable is one reason but the other of course well i'll stop there that that was kind of a, a big reason why people suggested you should not um get secondhand shoes well i think that i i would i that i think i would say Yes, that certainly is a very real possibility. But if you if you were to find a pair of uh, shoes that I don't know, or Joseph Cheney or uh, Edward Green's somewhere, I mean, you can kind of tell and look at it whether somebody's trashed it or not, or whether someone gave it some TLC. So. Those kinds of shoes at that higher end, because they're made so much better with better components, et cetera, you don't always risk that happening with shoes. So on the lower price shoes, yeah, you could e easily say because if they're the 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 interior, say the insole is uh, part fiber or um, you know pressed board or something like that, that can get very warped and stuff like that. But a good leather shoe inside and out maintained well maybe it's they've kept shoe trees in and maybe not i don't know um but they're they're not a bad a bad bargain if you can find them um but yes there is always that that situation where yes if you're not careful and you don't know what to look for you can get had and it happens to people all the time and it happens uh, that it's a big market uh with respect to um, I can, somewhere on the internet. I don't know whether it's uh, all, all these uh, secondhand places, uh, eBay, and uh, I don't know the, all, the, all the ones that are out there, but there are also places for um, that are hooking women in with uh, slightly used Gucci bags, Louis Vuitton bags. You know, everybody has, well, everybody... But not everybody, but a lot of people have this bent that, you know, they want to carry somebody's initials around and it's, we're, you know, that status conscious society that we are. So um, a lot of times it's a grift and I, um, I had many women who have come to me with these handbags. Oh, I got this online and they said it was slightly used and it's thing is. I don't know whether it's a bait and switch, but it's like anything else. It's the buyer beware sort of thing. Know your product, know what you're looking for. Make sure if you're going to do that, you have some kind of a 
return policy if, in fact, the shoe doesn't fit you right or it's not sized properly or something of that nature, that it, it, it's a reputable place. There's a lot of people who uh, aren't reputable, but there are some that that are reputable and will deal honorably with you in, in those kinds of situations. Okay. So, so essentially, secondhand shoes is, is um, not necessarily... Um, well, well, the the I guess scenario I brought up where the footbed isn't going to conform and it's going to be bad for you that isn't necessarily something you should worry about at least with the higher end shoes. Yes, if the, if it's a brand that you know that has good provenance to it, then I would say you're probably all right. But again, you have to do your due diligence. You have to you have to you know be able to pick it up and kick the tires, so to speak, and hopefully take it for a test drive. I don't know. That's okay. if that's possible. So that's uh, but it's like anything else. Let the buyer be with her. It's that old caveat, right? And, and I guess um, on that on, on that note, I was going to say the other thing that kind of scared me um, a bit. I don't know if I really bought secondhand shoes after that, but um, it it was like oh, you got to beware of the previous owner's foot fungus if they had it, because then you could get it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean that's that's true. I mean that, but you know that's. <laughs> That's why there's Lysol in the world. I mean, it, it 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 doesn't it doesn't last forever. I mean, you can you can um, put um, grass clippings inside a shoe to absorb uh, moisture and fungus and stuff like that. I mean, and, and Lysol to kill it. Um, I mean, obviously, if there are visible signs, you look inside and you kind of see that little bit of growth hanging out there or, you know, dog hair or cat hair uh, accumulated and it's probably something you want to stay away from. So it's like anything else, you know know what you're doing, go in uh, with as much good information as you can garner about it and, and uh, just be wise about it. Okay. No, that's fair enough. Um, All right. Let's see. Uh, well, are, are we uh, getting getting to that point where? Yeah, we can, we should... probably, can probably uh, start to wind down. So I don't know if you got maybe one, one, one more, maybe two more. That's okay. fine. Well, um, I mean, not not necessarily related to to. Um, well, well, yes, it is related issues. I guess. I, I mean, I, I don't. I'm not a huge fan of this trend. I assume it's still a trend because, well. I think people still do it, but wearing shoes without socks, like dress shoes without socks, I mean, uh-huh. is, well, is that, mm, well, okay, well, maybe I'll, I'll go back a bit. The benefit of wearing socks with shoes, I mean, uh, from, from your perspective, is it that they, I don't know, protect the inside of your shoes from like, they, they by like the first defense against sweat and, and all that stuff. Correct. Yes, it's it is definitely the the first uh, area to absorb if your if your feet starting to perspire and as I said, if your shoes are got a, a lot of synthetic components in them, which is a good chance they might if you um, didn't you know um, get them uh, from a from a, or if you got it from a big box store, it's, it's probably one of those kinds of products. So yes, so you've got to have a good sock that's going to wick away the moisture. Yeah. And some people 
sweat a lot more than other people. Some people uh, take medication and uh, can cause their feet to swell up a little bit. Some people, yeah, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of uh, things that can go on if you're, um, as I said, if you, uh, I think diabetic people have uh, some issues about certain aspects of uh, fitting and whatnot. But yes, a good pair of socks. Uh, I guess they can be pretty much whatever your fabric of choice is, provided it doesn't uh, cramp your your feet up or something like that. So, but that's definitely a good, no pun intended, first step. <laughs> so, um, wearing shoes without socks, you could probably get away with it for a day, let's say, um, especially if you're maybe wearing some of those kind of dressier slippers for people and whatnot, um, or a little pet or something like that. So, but you need to let them rest a day. You you can't just like people do in the summertime. They take one pair of sort of dress shoes with them when they go to the beach for their for their holiday time and whatnot, and uh, they just you wear this one pair of shoes to death all the time while they're away. But you can't you can't really do that. It, or at least it's not recommended. So um, you know people just have to be smart about stuff like that. So that's well, that's what I have to say about that. Okay. Okay. So because so essentially it's similar to that whole conversation about um, avoiding moisture with with the, mm-hmm. with the shoes. And, and that's essentially the socks kind of fall in the same category. That's like in. in... Right. Okay. Well, that's. Yeah. I mean, if it, let me just say this uh, with regards to, um, you know, covering this. Shoes, if they're made well, and if they use good leather components in the making of the footwear, they have certain properties where, yes, they will absorb a certain amount of moisture and nothing will go wrong. But if you keep doing this over repeated times and don't give them a chance to rest and to breathe and to air out and things like that, that's where you're going to start getting into trouble. But as I said, good quality materials, good leather uppers, leather insoles, leather linings and things like that. I mean, that's what it's there for. It's it, it, you know, it help other than the, the the strength and the look and everything else. It does have these properties to allow it to take on some moisture and not get affected. Okay. So, but it's it's to the you know word word of caution. It's just you, you know you just got to be smart about it. Right. And well, I think you've mentioned this a couple times. It's all about taking care of your shoes and, and right. your feet. Mm-hmm. So exactly. Um, the smart thing, I guess, is, is to you know try to do that when you can and wearing socks, exactly. protecting your shoes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So no, no, I think that, that's that's good. You have like a consistent message. <laughs> so you know, it's. I think that's good. It makes things easier yeah. that way. Yeah, feet are important. You only get one pair in life, and uh, you know sometimes people, you know, are just born with some uh, hereditary issues with big bunions and other issues like that. But again, shoes can help mitigate some of that, not all of it. But the the, the better you take care of your feet, the happier you will be. 
I agree. I, I think I'm much happier having <laughs> having had your shoes. I mean, sorry. I hope that doesn't uh, sound too uh, no. advertising um, for the viewer yeah. uh, listeners. But unpaid really. solicitation by Herman. <laughs> yes, <laughs> this uh, this ad was paid for by. <laughs> but yeah. um, okay, no, no, no. It, really, I think I'm, I'm much happier now. And, and I mean, okay. side note, I, I got a. Um, new mattress uh this week and I'm a, mm-hmm. i think i'm a happier person now that i'm taking care of my bed See? like it was yeah. hurting me so yeah. much I, I swear i didn't i don't know why i didn't think about you get the, proper the mattress. rest you wake up a lot and a lot better right. shape. and my back doesn't hurt so uh i'm just so, i'm just better right. so so i got time probably for one more okay perfect so this is something i mean i think this is kind of a short um answer from you but we'll see uh, back in the back when I used to go to the, um, you know your retail shoe stores and try on shoes, um, you know a common thing that people uh, would inc- people and myself included would encounter is that you put on a shoe and you think maybe it's just a little like a tad too tight. Um, uh, I'm I'm on the fence, and of course the shoe salesman mm-hmm. is going to come in and say, "Oh, don't worry." Once you wear it a couple times, the leather will stretch and it'll break in, and you'll be fine if it's just a little tight. So. I mean, I'm sure it varies by make and and all that, but I'm kind of curious on, on your thoughts. How how much truth is in that? You know, oh, it's a little tight, but don't worry, it'll I don't know, it'll be fine once you wear it a bit. Or, or and how much of that is maybe just like a you know salesman trying to get his commission? Uh, yes, to both things. I mean, it's it's a little bit of each. It, um, yes, uh, shoes that are a little pinchy, they can loosen up. And I've had people tell me, even in some of my handmade stuff, that, uh, you know, if you'd have called me, you know, last, uh, a month ago, uh, I would have told you these shoes don't fit me right, but, you know, they finally broke in real nicely and they feel great. So everybody breaks in shoes differently. Everybody wears shoes differently. Some, we get back to that previous Q&A we just went through about perspiration and moisture and everything else. Everybody sweats differently inside a shoe whatnot. So, and again, depending on the materials that the shoe's made with can determine some of these things and mitigate some of these things rather quickly. A shoe that's got a lot of synthetic material in it, it's probably not going to move real, real well um, because synthetics block. They don't have any pores in them per se, so they're going to block moisture and keep heat in, whereas good quality leather inside and out will They'll sort of take a licking and keep on ticking, so to speak, sort of thing like that. But then also, too, is, you know, some people just have some very uh, particular feet, and they don't want to feel any little nudge, pinch, crease, crevice, whatever you want to call it, uh, right out of the gate. So um, I think it's like anything else. If somebody goes in and you go to a reputable shoe store and you try on a pair of shoes and they're bothering you a little bit when you try them on and you walk around, just keep them on. Keep walking around. Keep shopping and and just see. Um, give yourself, if you can, 20 minutes or so and just keep looking at other shoes and trying on and just 
have some back and forth with uh, your salesperson and just see if things break in for you properly. Uh, if they don't, it's probably, you know, a little questionable. Um, yes, you can probably get them bumped out, stretched a little bit. But, again, if they're good materials, they're going to move. Um, but, again, some people don't have that tolerance to just wait. They want it to do exactly what they want it to do right out of the gate. Yeah. And, um, and construction methods, too, can play a part in that as well. So... I don't know. Um, as I said, people just have to be good consumers about it. It's your feet. Make the good choice. And if if it doesn't feel right, then um, I would say probably, you know, it's probably not a good shoe for you. Well, okay. So, so in, I guess, the, the example you gave, um, you, you potentially could just wear them um, while you're in the store and maybe, I don't know, within 20 mm-hmm. minutes, you, you'll feel that maybe they feel better. So it, it should be that quick or it could be that quick that it could be. Yes, it could be. Could be. Okay. Cause I'm I saying guess... it's going to be, but it could be. Okay. Good. Cause uh, I, but, but I, I would think by, by 20 and 30 minutes of, of wearing a shoe around in the store and keeping it on and say, say you're, as I said, trying on other shoes and stuff like that, but just, you know, keep them on and keep wearing, keep and just see if, as I said, after 20 or so minutes, it doesn't feel right. Uh, I think that's probably uh, a good sign that you, you're not going to be happy with the shoe. Okay, fair enough. And I think, um, you know, it just occurred to me like these days, most reputable shoe stores are, are still. I think they they have return policies, so um, even if they're yeah. unworn, so um, potentially, I guess that you know. If you really, I guess, want it, it's the last pair of shoes in your right. in your size, in your color that you want. Uh, maybe you can take it home and, and try it and then return it. Later. Yeah. But, well, um, as I said, there's always those must have. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh God, I love this pair of shoes. I, oh, I want it to fit. Yeah. So yeah. That, you know, as I said, everybody's got their their breaking point on on <laughs> things like that. And you know, it's different from suits and shirts and trousers. You know, though the, the the weft and the weave of fabric is uh, a lot more forgiving if uh, something doesn't quite feel, if it's kind of binding up somewhere in the shoulders or whatever. But shoes or uh, leather is, uh, you know, a little more peculiar. Um, so it, it, it needs time to mellow. And it, 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 as I said, if it's good quality materials, it, they will mellow. But as I said, not everybody wants to go through that hassle. Mm-hmm. Okay, so patience. Patience is a key. Take care of your shoes. Yeah. Take care of your feet. Avoid mm-hmm. moisture. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Excessive. Yeah. yeah. So. Mm-hmm. So that's about it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We're right on the dot here. Perfect. I think. Um, thank you. Thank you, Perry. And I can't wait until next time. I want. I want. Love to hear what you have to say about Jay Peterman. So. Until oh, next time. Yeah. Yes. Oh, until next time. Okay. Well, you have a good rest of your weekend, and um, I'll be at Tetra probably sometime Monday, kind of let you see, know how my week is uh, working out and what days we can uh, work on getting together again. Perfect. Well, I'll, All right. I'll be in touch. Thank you, Perry. Okay. You have a good All weekend, right. too. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Bye-bye.